Hello, welcome back to Uncommon Sense. So today we are doing part three of the Twitter files. If you guys have been listening to the last few episodes, we went over the first Twitter files compilation. We went over the second Twitter files compilation. And now today we are going over the third Twitter files um, compilation. So this one is we're back to Matt Taibbi. And again, I'm pretty sure that I'm pronouncing that right. But we're just going to do exactly what we have been doing, where I'm just going to read through the threads from the the Twitter files compilations, and then you guys can very easily share this episode around so that people who don't want to read through long Twitter threads can just listen to me read them. Before we jump into all of that, I just want to remind you guys about the Bible study by the brand Sunday. You guys know that I love this one and that I recommend it all the time on my podcast. That's because I think it's important to have a Bible study alongside you while you're reading the Bible because it really keeps you motivated and keeps you going. Uh, The Bible can get really overwhelmed especially if you're new to it, but it is very, very crucial that everybody read their Bible, especially now. And I say that all the time, but I I really mean it every time I say it because every single day it just gets crazier out here. And I know that people are just so starved for truth and for meaning and for purpose and for um, really a spiritual anchor. And God is that. And so you're going to want to read the Bible so that you can know his character. I tweeted out the other day that like you can't can't understand God's character unless you've read the Bible. Um, And there are a lot of people who are very presumptuous and believe that they can know God's character without reading the Bible, but you can't. Um, So I just recommend doing a Bible study alongside reading the Bible as you're getting to know God's character. And the Brand Sunday's Bible study is a great one to try out. So I will have a link below for you guys to access that. Let me know what you think. Again, I love getting y'all's opinions on my opinions of things that I am supporting on the pod. Okay, right into this, we jump. So Matt Taibbi, we are reading his um, Twitter thread that is the third Twitter files compilation as we're delving into all of this hot mess that is Twitter.com and the censorship and the direct involvement of them, big tech working with big government, the Democrats specifically, mostly the Democrats. They have also been working with Republicans, um, and it's important to remember that, but mostly Democrats and um, how they're all working together to really squash the American citizens and our voices and our rights. Um, And so we're going to start now. So thread the Twitter files, the removal of Donald Trump part one, October, 2020 through January 6th. Um, And we all remember January 6th. Um, Okay. So this goes on. The world knows much of the story of what happened between riots at the Capitol on January 6th and the removal of President Donald Trump from Twitter on January 8th. We'll show you what hasn't been revealed, the erosion of standards within the company in months before January 6th, decisions by high-ranking executives to violate their own policies and more against the backdrop of ongoing documented interaction with federal agencies. This first installment covers the period before the election through January 6th. Tomorrow, Shellen Bergman will 
detail the chaos inside Twitter on January 7th. On Sunday, Barry Weiss will reveal the secret internal communications from the key date of January 8th. Whatever your opinion on the decision to remove Trump that day, the internal communications at Twitter between January 6th and January 8th have clear historical import. Even Twitter's employees understood in the moment it was a landmark moment in the annals of speech. Uh, So there's a screenshot that says, is this the first sitting head of state to ever be suspended? Um, And then we're back to Matt's thread. As soon as they finished banning Trump, Twitter execs started processing new power. They prepared to ban future presidents and White Houses, perhaps even Joe Biden. The quote unquote new administration says one exec, quote unquote, will not be suspended by Twitter unless absolutely necessary. So there's another screenshot that he shared um, that is some interaction between Twitter people as stated in our, and then it has a link, um, help.twitter.com ban evasion policy. If it is clear that another account is being used for the purposes of evading a ban, it is also subject to suspension. For government accounts such as POTUS and White House, um, and they have their ats attached to those, he, uh, we will not suspend those accounts, but will take action to limit their use. However, these accounts will be transitioned over to the new administration in due course and will not be suspended by Twitter unless absolutely necessary to alleviate real world harm. That is the end of that interaction. We're back to the thread. Matt's thread. Twitter executives removed Trump in part over what one executive called the quote unquote context surrounding actions by Trump and supporters quote unquote over the course of the election and frankly last four plus years end quote. The uh, In the end they looked at a broad picture but that approach can cut both ways. There's another screenshot Hi Vijaya um, Vijaya I really don't know how to pronounce They have the weirdest names at Twitter. Um, I'm working with it's redacted on here but it says I'm working with blank on my team to put together a doc to share with you um, with a PO from research hours academics with whom we have been working etc on donald john trump's language as coded incitement to further violence uh and then there's another interaction that says in the meantime here is our quick take the decision on whether to pull that particular tweet or use that as a last straw for trump depends on many factors including one the overall context and narrative in which that tweet lives we currently analyze tweets and consider them at a tweet by tweet bases, which does not appropriately take into account the context surrounding. You can use the yelling fire in a crowded theater example, context matters, and the narrative that Trump and his friends have pursued over the course of, his, uh, of this election and frankly last four plus years must be taken into account when interpreting and analyzing that tweet. Two, the larger question is around our moral imperative and decision as a company, which user sentiment should not drive based on number one, and this is redacted again, and I believe that this tweet does not violate our rules when taking that historical context plus current climate into account. Um, Back to Matt's thread, the bulk of the internal debate leading to Trump's ban took place in those three January days. However, the intellectual framework was laid in the months preceding the Capitol riots. Before January 6th, Twitter was a unique mix of automated rules-based enforcement and more 
more subjective moderation by senior executives. As Barry Weiss reported, the firm had a vast array of tools for manipulating visibility, most all of which were thrown at Trump and others pre-January 6th. As the election approached, senior executives, perhaps under pressure from federal agencies with whom they met more as time progressed, increasingly struggled with rules and began to speak of quote-unquote bias as a pretext to do what they'd likely have done anyway. After January 6th, internal slacks show Twitter executives getting a kick out of intensified relationships with federal agencies. Here's trust and safety head Yoel Roth lamenting a lack of quote-unquote generic enough calendar descriptions to concealing his quote-unquote very interesting meeting partners. Um, There's a screenshot. Uh, Yoel Roth says, eh, it happens. I'm a big believer in calendar transparency, but I reached a certain point where my meetings became dot, 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 very interesting, dot, 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 to people and there weren't meeting names generic enough to cover. Anyway, let me know. Um, And then it's redacted who responded to him, but this person says very boring business meeting. That is definitely not about Trump. Winky face. Yoel Roth responds pretty much. Um, And then Yoel Roth responds again and says definitely not meeting with the FBI, I swear. Um, uh, Okay. And then those are the next things are redacted. So I can't uh, see this person's name, but they just said LMAO. Um, So let's go back to Matt's thread. It says these initial reports are based on searches for documents linked to prominent executives whose names are already public. They include Roth, former trust and policy chief Viaha Gade, and recently plank walked deputy general counsel and former top FBI lawyer Jim Baker. Um, uh, One particular Slack channel offers uh, a unique window into the evolving thinking of top officials in late 2020 and early 2021. On October 8th, 2020, executives opened a channel called quote-unquote US 2020 underscore XFN underscore enforcement end quote. Through January 6th, this would be home for discussions about election-related removals, especially ones that involved quote-unquote high-profile accounts often called VITs or very important tweeters. Um, There's another screenshot redacted name and photo but it says hey everyone uh blank here starting tomorrow october 9th until november 15th this channel will be used for the following reasons related to the u.s 2020 elections trends identified that require scaled investigations high profile accounts escalations and potentially require pii slash soft interventions scalable solutions required edge cases for XFN consultation, highlight tech issues, bugs, tools, outage, etc. This is an enforcement channel between T and AMP uh, semicolon S and TWS to help speed up our response related to election issues over the coming few weeks. GET will start providing a handover starting APAC shift tomorrow, Friday, October 9th, using the following temp 
template handover next shift emea slash apac slash na thursday october 8th 2020 get spsi open escalations none notes from the shift ask can you please make sure everyone on your team is within the channel the teams that we included are as follows site integrity safety policy uh, product trust safety operations media ops a global escalation team if you have any questions or concerns let me know and then that last bit is redacted um back to matt's thread there was at least some tension between safety operations a larger department whose staffers used a more rules-based process for addressing issues like porn scam and threat and a smaller more powerful cadre of senior policy execs like roth and gade um the latter group were a high speed supreme court of moderation issuing content rulings on the fly often in minutes and based on guesses gut calls even google searches even in cases involving the president so there's another screenshot um from a redacted name and picture it says hi everyone received this escalation just now they shared the link to one of donald trump's tweets uh the tweet that they shared says um this is donald trump's tweet saying breaking news 50,000 ohio voters getting wrong absentee ballots out of control a rigged election um and then they have redacted the picture and name again and it says a rigged election in quotation marks would be enough to be a vi- in violation right question mark yoel roth responds if the claim of fact were inaccurate yes um and then he says again but it looks like that's true and then he shared a link to an article talking about how 50,000 ohio voters to receive new absentee ballots after error found um that that was a true thing that donald trump was tweeting about the thread goes on during this time executives were also clearly liaising with federal enforcement and intelligence agencies about moderation of election related content while we're still at the start of reviewing the hashtag twitter files we're finding out more about these interactions every day policy director nick pickles is asked if they should say twitter detects quote-unquote misinfo through quote-unquote ml human review and partnerships with outside experts question mark the employee asks quote-unquote i know that's been a slippery process not sure if you want our public explanation to hang on that um there are some more screenshots of interactions internally at twitter this one is redacted picture redacted name but it says in pickles are you comfortable with marketing talking about misinfo by saying that we detect it through ml human review and partnerships with outside experts um and then redacted name and picture responds i know that's been a slippery process so not sure if you want our public explanation to hang our hat on that i guess that's the same person responding again nick pickle says can we just say quote-unquote partnerships and then he says again um and not sure we describe the FBI slash DHS as experts or some NGOs that aren't academic. Back to the thread, Pickles quickly asked if they could just say, quote unquote, partnerships. After a pause, he says, 
example, not sure we'd describe the FBI slash DHS as experts. Um, and then, and then back to the thread, it says this post about the Hunter Biden laptop situation shows that Roth not only met weekly with the FBI and DHS, but with the office of the director of national intelligence, DNI. Um, there's another screenshot bot application B O one a X in four K L O M. I don't know if that's relevant, but, um, it says you'll R has checked in. Here's what they said. What's new for you since our last check-in? Hacked materials exploded. We blocked the NYP story, New York Post story. Um, then we unblocked it, but said the opposite. Then said we unblocked it, and now we're in a messy situation where our policy is in shambles. Comms is angry. Reporters think we're idiots, and we're refactoring an exceedingly complex policy 18 days out from the election. In short, FML weekly sync with FBI slash DHS slash DNI re-election security. The meeting happened about 15 minutes after the aforementioned hacked materials implosion. The government declined to share anything useful when asked. Monthly meeting with FBI, FITF um, briefed on several ongoing investigations. So at this point, they are clearly panicking. They're just panicking and they're not... They, Twitter w- just went up in flames October 2020. They just did. Um, Okay, so Matt says Roth's report to FBI slash DHS slash DNI is almost farcical and it's self-flagellating tone. Quote, unquote, we blocked the New York Post story, then unblocked it, but said the opposite. Comms is angry. Reporters think we're idiots. In short, FML. Um, and that's F, F my life. Some of Roth's later slacks indicate his weekly confabs with federal law enforcement involved separate meetings. Here, he ghosts the FBI and DHS respectively to go first to a quote unquote, an Aspen Institute thing, then take a call with Apple. So there's um, these interactions again. Yoel Roth says, Hey there, I have to miss the FBI and DHS meetings today. Unfortunately, I saw you're on the invites for both as our site policy. Can you give me a quick readout? If there's anything interesting that comes up, Patrick Conlon says, sure thing. I hope that everything's okay. Yoel Roth says, yeah, just have conflicts at both times. An Aspen Institute thing um, this morning on vaccines that I have to present at and then a call with Apple to avoid us getting kicked out of the App Store during the DHS one. And then Patrick Conlon says, ah, those both seem very important. And Yoel Roth says, indeed. Um, Back to the thread here, the FBI sends reports about a pair of tweets, the second of which involves a former Tippecanoe County, Indiana counselor and Republican named John Basham, 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 claiming, quote unquote, between 2% and 25% of ballots by mail are being rejected for errors. Uh, There's another screenshot, name and photo redacted. Uh, It says... 
Let's see. We just got a report from the FBI concerning two tweets. One, and then it has a number 13144790954015211154 related to the quote unquote shredding of mail in ballots. This is proven to be false via this. Then they share a PolitiFact uh, article. Um, trying to read the headline in this. It says blog posts, social posters, spread election misinformation. Do we have a moment ready for this one? Um, do we have a moment ready for this one? And then two, the number is one three one four three two eight two two seven four two three three four um four two zero four one six. I don't know if those are relevant. I'm just reading them. I'm reading all everything. Um and this says I believe uh was deemed no bio on numerous occasions. Um and then Matt's thread said the FBI's second report concerned this tweet by Bo- uh, John Basham and it says editorial and this is a tweet from John Basham. It says editorial. The Democrats are in complete panic as their massive push for vote by mail is backfiring on them. Two things are unfolding. One, an unexpected number of registered Republicans are returning ballots Two, between 2% and 25% of ballots by mail are being rejected for errors. And he shared one, two, three, four pictures um, of some proof of this. Uh, And then let's go back to the thread. The FBI flagged a tweet, then got circulated in the enforcement slack. Twitter cited PolitiFact to say the first story was, quote unquote, proven to be false. Um, Then noted the second was already deemed, quote unquote, no vio on uh, numerous occasions. And there's another screenshot. It's that same screenshot that I just read you guys about. We just got a report from the FBI concerning turning two tweets and then back to the thread it says the group then decides to apply a quote-unquote learn how voting is safe and secure label because one commenter says a quote-unquote it's totally normal to have a two percent error rate roth then gives the final go-ahead to the process initiated by the fbi um yoel roth says on monday october 19th 2020 i think we can use the mail-in voting label for this one as it is. Um, and then we are going back to the threat. Examining the entire election enforcement slack, we didn't see one reference to moderation requests from the Trump campaign, the Trump White House, or Republicans generally. We looked, they may exist. We were told they do. However, they were absent here. And that is the end of this round. But y'all, this is, the, I mean, wow. You know, because I, I mean, I have been told and we've all been told that Republicans are also in on this and that they have, um, you know, been sending in requests to uh, to Twitter in the past to get certain things taken down and to amplify and de-amplify certain things. And I still believe that that did happen. I've worked with enough Republican organizations and people to understand like how this all works in DC. I know how it works. When you see the sausage made, you don't, you never want to eat it again. You don't want to touch it or deal with it. But I do know how a lot of Republicans here operate. And I can only assume that a lot of other Republicans operate that way too. If there's a negative story about you on the internet, then you're probably going to want it to come down. And so, um, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that Republicans were asking to do this. We have a few examples of them doing this, but predominantly it was Democrats doing this. It was the government working with twitter.com to, to totally do exactly what Trump has been saying this entire time, rig the election, um, put, 
put forth only the information that they want the public to see and hiding everything else and trying to concoct a narrative that works out for them to keep them in power and to keep us all clueless, um, brainwashed, gaslit, and and just in our servitude manner where we're not questioning anything. Because how could we? We didn't have all of this information. There were still a lot of us who were saying, okay, yeah, something's not right. Like, something's wrong here. Like, the election didn't go how we thought it was going to go. Do you really think that Joe Biden won 82 million votes? Like, how do you think that that could possibly happen? That's not possible. Um, There were a lot of people in America who had a lot of questions about that. But predominantly, it does seem like out of fear of being socially exiled from their weird friend groups or whatever, a lot of people just were too afraid to, to state their suspicions about the election um, you know, outwardly to like air those opinions and to say, well, maybe something was wrong with this election. Maybe there was some, you know, tampering with the internet information. Maybe the government was sending some things, you know, to Twitter and to say, hey, can y'all take this down because it doesn't look good for us? Um, and all of these labels that they've popped on accounts and just said, well, this is a high volume account. They're getting a lot of engagement. We're going to turn this one down. We're going to turn that one down. We're going to turn this one up. We're going to turn this one up. And it makes total sense if you really sit down and think about it, y'all. I mean, I've had so many questions about all of this Twitter stuff for so long. When I first got on Twitter, I didn't understand Twitter. I didn't know what I was doing. I thought it was kind of a bust. I didn't really get it. I didn't like it. Um, but then when it became more of like a work tool and something where I could really get my thoughts and opinions out there and have some level of influence, I I really, I mean, I'm using it for work and I have to use it for work. Um, but it has become this thing where if you look at other accounts like AOC, who is a known idiot. She's a dummy, um, but she has all of these followers. And it's just, it, I always wondered, I mean, are they just amplifying these voices that they like at Twitter? Are they turning down these other people that they hate? Um, and that is what has been happening. And these files prove that because it is not just coming from me or other podcasters or anybody else on the internet. They're, it's not just coming from the news. It's coming from from uh, the people at twitter.com themselves in their own internal documents, uh, their own conversations with each other and their Slack channels. Um, and so there's no running, there's no hiding. This is a huge, huge deal. And um, so it, it's very validating to know that, you know, we were right and that it is, um, you know, that they are cheating and they are rigging things and they are trying to make, make it be that it's just one narrative that you see that it is a it's just a complete lie um but you need to remember that this is not abnormal for communists this is not abnormal for the left you can't expect the political side who who downplays morals to be moral you cannot expect the political side that tells you that anything can be true um, that they won't lie to you. If everything is true, nothing is true. And I honestly think that the Democrats are so lost in their own delusions that they have, have started to somehow truly believe, unless they're just completely consciousless and they, and they don't care, which is a possibility because they, they don't have faith and they're, and they're very godless people. Um, you know, they just are. I'm sorry. But like, I mean, if you're a true Democrat and you really believe in all of that, then you're godless. You just are. 
are. You can't have morals and faith and be a straight up Democrat by today's standards. You just can't really any standards like they have just historically been terrible. This is not shocking. This is not surprising coming from the left. This is not something that uh, is even the worst of what they can do. Um, And so we have a responsibility to shut it down before uh, this ever happens again. Um, I want to see Facebook and Instagram looked at severely, but not by the government, because clearly the government was working with Twitter to to put out this narrative that they liked and that they approved of. Um, everybody in in Washington, D.C. is trying to protect their little office thrones, and everybody needs to understand that. Um, Washington, D.C., and after being here for a while, it's just like, I came here, it looked threatening, it looked pretty, it looked threatening, though, because you're just like, wow, there's just so much power concentrated in this one relatively small city and you know it's it's kind of daunting but if you really look at these people and think about who they are and what they represent and um their stances on things you understand that they're just these fragile ego losers who are doing absolutely everything that they can to protect these stupid little office thrones of theirs. I mean, that is what it is. They love having uh, control. They love having power. They're not willing to give it up. That's a human nature thing that has always been a thing. But just don't think that you can't come up against them and beat them because look at what they're doing. All you have to do is show people what they're doing. Tell people what they're doing. Um, make sure that people understand the the extent to which this is just atrocious and and then they are going to be their own downfall. So I I really think that everybody just needs to take this very seriously. Um, I don't know who we would have look at Facebook and Instagram because I, I mean, they are private companies, but it's like we have an issue with the free speech, free information thing, and this just proves that. So everybody needs to take it very seriously and understand that without the freedom to access all information, you're not going to have free thought. You're not going to have free will. And that is a very, very scary, slippery slope that we're not going to want to, we're not going to want to stay on that. Um, If you guys like this podcast, I would really appreciate it if you leave a five-star review on Apple or on Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast where you can leave a five-star review. It really helps pull me up in the um, ranking so that more people can listen to my podcast and we can keep trying to get the truth out to everybody who won't refuse to listen. Um, But yeah, I, I definitely think that this is amazing that this has come out that elon musk has made sure that this has come out but stay on alert for even elon and just stay on alert for everything use discernment when it comes to all of this and this is why i'm always telling you guys to read your bible because i genuinely feel like we just have so many distractions in the world right now especially with technology especially with the internet um that sometimes i i do feel like sometimes people don't understand when things are actually really important because there are so many distractions And uh, I'm aware of that. I know that. But everybody needs to, this is why everybody needs to read their Bible, because you're just not going to know what's good, what's evil, how to respond to evil. Like, you're not going to know. And so, I'm I'm not trying to be this preachy person on the podcast that's just like, you better read your Bible. I'm just, I'm telling you guys that it's in your best interest to know God. And um, I have just been feeling more and more like, you know, the more that we slip into all of this 
this terrifying Joe Biden America communism hellhole, just awfulness, um, that we're just losing sight of what's important. And I've also noticed that, and I don't know if this is just what I've been calling the communism crime rates, and that is exactly what they are, and they're skyrocketing um, in all of the major cities and other places, but um, it does feel like we're losing sight of like other people's humanness too. Like, I don't know if y'all feel that, but it, it's almost like we're losing sight of all of the things that make people people. And we're just seeing people as not people. And they're just these walking things. And I, I don't know how to describe the way that I'm feeling, but it's almost like, it's almost like China, how they just, they have no regard for life over there. And I know with how long we have, you know, had abortion legal in this country, I knew that that was coming, but we've got to stop dehumanizing each other. We have to start recognizing what is important. We have to start taking good and evil seriously and understanding how to respond to both of those things. And you're just not going to know that if you don't know God and if you haven't read your Bible. And so you, you just need to to do that. And if y'all have questions about the Bible, or if you have thoughts, you can always message me on social media. I'm always down to have conversation with you guys. Y'all know that. Um, We're not in this alone. We're definitely not to sound too COVID-y, but we're in this together. And we need to collectively get the truth out to to everybody. And and hopefully they understand how important it is. Because if we don't have free and fair elections, you guys, we don't have America. We don't have rights. We don't have freedom. So it is very, it is very serious. And um, Twitter is a huge social media platform. So for this to have been happening the whole time while we were telling you guys that it was happening, but y'all didn't want to believe us. Well, now you have to because it's it's factual information. Um, I do want to see if the same kind of thing is happening at Facebook and Instagram. My instinct is that it is. And, uh, you know, my wish is that people are held accountable for this. It, It just absolutely can't be this thing where we keep seeing all of this terrible, evil stuff happening and nobody's held accountable. So put pressure on whoever you can put pressure on to make things happen. Elon is clearly very mad at all of this, and he should be. (laughs) We all should be. So do everything you can to tell everybody the truth and try to get them to understand how important it is. I know that a lot of people would rather be watching bullshiz on TikTok, which is Chinese spyware, by the way. Um, But try your best to tell, and and especially the people, I know a lot of people, especially like Thanksgiving was a few weeks ago. um, We all have like that weird relative that is just like a liberal and you're just like, okay, how am I going to, how am I going to talk to you for an hour? Um, But especially like the liberals in your, in your group, you've got to tell them the tr- and hopefully they get it, you know, hopefully they understand. Um, but we do have to try to get everybody to understand because this is just wild. This is just wild. But I'm going to I'm going to end my ranting here. That's my that's my spiel. Uh, <laughs> and I will see you guys next time. <laughs>